G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. Our team leader, one of my good friends, was supposed to teach me how to ride the bike before he left. And the day before he left, said, "Okay, Nat, jump on. I'm going to show you because I don't, I can't even drive a manual car. So (laughs) I can ride a manual motorbike, but I had to learn. So he gave me one or two lessons and gave me a high five and said, "Okay, Nat, we'll see you in three months." And so when I was driving back on that bike from the office, I actually got lost in the jungle. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, how does someone who grew up in Sydney go on to become the program coordinator of a literacy program that's run deep in the jungles of Mozambique? Natalie Brennan says her story is one of an average Australian girl that God has used to do crazy things because she said yes to him. We'll find out how it all came about today as she has a chat with Shelley Scullin. Your story is just such a normal Australian story. You had such a normal Aussie upbringing and all of a sudden here you are trekking through the jungle in Mozambique. How did that all happen? (laughs) That's right. It's exactly right. Well, I I guess I'll sort of just tell you how I grew up and, you know, you'll be able to see that my story is really just one of the average Australian girl that God has used to do crazy things Yeah. because I said yes and... um, just starting off, I was born in Sydney in Paddington, uh, where my father still lives, and uh, just young parents. My mother was 21, my dad was 26, and um, grew up as a baby in Randwick in Sydney. Um, when I was younger, we moved to Newcastle in New South Wales, and I went to a, just an average primary school um, and went on to an, a Christian high school, Belmont Christian College, and um, a beautiful school, and... Um, I was a singer, vocalist, and so I went into the worship team, had a good group of friends. Uh, my mum was a single mum, so we just sort of grew up with this very simple income and um, just trusting the Lord to meet our needs. And it was just a very average upbringing, um, very blessed to go to a Christian school where um, I found the Lord. Um, at the age of 14, I was kind of a wild, adventurous sort of spirited girl, I guess. And then um, going to a Christian high school, um, I met the Lord, met Jesus, and He changed my life, and um, everything kind of just started from there. I, I always had a soft heart for the Lord. Um, as a little girl, you know, age three, I said a salvation prayer, you know, said the Lord's Prayer before bed, so I always had a sort of a soft heart for the Lord, um, but it wasn't until the age of 14, 15 um, that I really made a decision to follow Jesus, and from that time on, my life has really never been the same. Um, I've got a really blessed Christian heritage, um, you know, just in relation to the fact that I'm in missions now. Um, my great grandmother, Emma Jane Cook, was a missionary nurse to the Indigenous people of Australia. Right. And she took over a missions ministry um, at the age of 15, rode on horseback, young, passionate evangelist who loved Jesus. And um, 
she even started registering Indigenous births before the government did. So she did a lot of work in the missions on the mission field, um, wow. even from a very young age. She lived a very long life into her 90s. Wow. And uh, we used to pray for people in her nursing home way into her elderly years. So you would have grown up hearing all these stories of the amazing Absolutely. things that she was doing, yeah. That's right. And um, just before she passed away, she actually called her grandchildren together and imparted a blessing. And one of the grandchildren in the room was my father, who she laid hands on at the time. And I believe that a blessing um, exchange took place when that interaction was made. So it's um, yeah, having a blessed Christian heritage is, is one of those wonderful things of the Lord where he takes the foundation of what people have done before you and you're able to walk upon that um, for what he has mm. for your life as well. Yeah, so I'm in a similar situation actually, a very blessed Christian heritage and it really is something awesome. that we shouldn't take for granted, hey, just to, to look back and see the way that God has blessed those that have come before and it's exciting oh, for us absolutely. to take up the mantle and to run with it, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Beautiful. I guess there is that little weight of responsibility as well, knowing that um, you know it, it's up to us to continue getting the gospel out there as well. So there you are. You're a teenager. Uh, you've made that decision for Christ, and you said that you were already a fairly adventurous kind of spirit. What were some of the adventures you got up to as a teenager? Oh, uh, well, um, I guess just a bit of a wild girl. You know, before I met the Lord, you know, I was a bit sort of rebellious, I guess. I'm telling the entire population of Australia like that. <laughs> um, but, you know, like that's part of my story is the fact that, you know, families are all different. Everybody grows up in, you know, all sorts of things happen in life. And, you know, it's just funny to me that somebody who was just a little bit of a re- rebellious spirit, a bit wild, you know, has come around, the tables have turned and, you know, now I'm, you know, preaching the gospel to others and, you know, um, basically preaching to the Lord <laughs> to, yeah. uh, to other people who are perhaps rebellious as well. So yeah. um, that's just a story of God and how he changes somebody's heart. So how did you end up becoming the coordinator of the literacy program? How did you get involved with that? Well, how I came into the ministry was a direct answer to prayer. And, um, you know, when I left high school, I moved to the Gold Coast and I just took a job, um, started to get into administration and government jobs. And for about seven or eight years, um, you know, I was quite happy doing those things until I just thought to myself, you know, Lord, there has to be more to life than sitting in this office. Not that being in an office is a bad thing, but for me, (laughs) going back to my wild roots, I was thinking, Father, I really want you to use me. And I just felt this passion inside me to go into ministry, but I had no idea how to do it. And so I used to sit in my office and look out the window and go, God, thank you for putting me where I am today. And, you know, let me be faithful where I am, but use me. Um, You know, I'm saying yes to you, Lord. And uh, within a short period of time, uh, a friend of mine invited me to go to Africa. His father, uh, Greg Cumming, ran a ministry in Mozambique, and I thought, I'm just going to go for it. Let's go. I'll go on a missions trip and see what the Lord does. And while I was out on field, obviously it was quite a culture shock <laughs> first going into Africa for the first time. Mm. I'd been to the Philippines a few years before, but this was just a, a whole other culture, a whole other level of poverty, I guess. Uh, Mozambique is in the bottom five 
um, countries in the world in terms of human development. And Australia is number two in the world. So you can imagine first going into a place like that and seeing the difference in culture and the way that people live was quite shocking. Yeah. Uh, But going on fields, I remember heading out into a village, going on outreach with this team and, you know, looking out at the field and seeing these women huddled under a tree and they had these books out and there was a young guy who looked like he was preaching crazily under the tree and we walked over and um, our missions team leader said, this is our literacy program and that was the first time I'd encountered it and there were all these mothers under the tree reading these books and learning, uh, they speak Portuguese in Mozambique, um, learning how to read and write in the middle of nowhere (laughs) and I tell you, we had travelled for nine hours in the back of a truck to to get to this village and coming out to see in the middle of nowhere, these books that have been created in Australia being used by these people and they were learning to read was such a beautiful thing and my heart was captured straight away. Hmm. Wow, and that is the beginning of uh, where God really put that in your heart to get out there and continue that literacy program and it's gone on to do some amazing things. So when (laughs) you say they speak Portuguese there, were they learning to read and write Portuguese or learning to read and write English? That's right. Um, Mozambique went through um, decades of civil war and so you have generations of people that um, never had the opportunity for education, um, don't have the money for it either. And so you have, um, you know, parents' generation, grandparents' generation where they cannot read at all. Um, And it was colonised by the Portuguese. So a lot of the local uh, local languages that people speak and there's tens of them, tens and hundreds of them in Mozambique, uh, but the majority of people speak uh, Portuguese or need to speak Portuguese in order to actually be connected um, as a national language. So we teach them in Portuguese, which helps them to be able to um, you know, communicate throughout provinces, um, have better work opportunities and obviously to read. You know, the main thing that we do with the literacy program is our mandate is to teach people to read, write and engage with the Word of God. So primarily, um, we started the program to actually disciple people. So through the literacy program, uh, we've woven scriptures right through the material. So by the time they start the course, which is an 18-month course, they would have heard the um, gospel from Genesis to Revelation and are then able to read the Bible at the end of the course, uh, which we will give them at the end so that they can read and engage with the Word of God for themselves. You're listening to The Story. Today, Natalie Brennan from Sydney is sharing how she became the program coordinator of the literacy program that has run deep in the jungles of Mozambique. We just heard what led to her becoming a missionary. Next, we'll find out about the lives that are being touched by the program when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're continuing with Shelley Scowen's chat with Natalie Brennan, who's sharing about how she became the program coordinator of the literacy program in Mozambique. 
Before the break, we heard how the Lord led her to being a missionary in the first place. Next, she shares how the Lord has been using her to minister to the people of Mozambique and some of the challenges she's faced. So how did you come to be really seriously involved in it yourself? Well, that's right. So in 2011, as I was saying, I first went on the um, my first mission trip to Moz. And obviously coming back off field when you've been in such an intense situation, going into villages and, you know, eating with the people and just basically being in this whole other world on the other side of the planet, um, coming into real life is um, really difficult and <laughs> really hard. So yeah. I came back to my usual full-time work in administration and I just kept praying and thinking about it. I said, Lord, you know, um, I'm out on a limb here with you, Father. I've, I've gone off on this missions trip and I've come back and my heart's burning for something and I don't know what it is. Um, just use me. And I remember um, actually praying to the Lord and saying, you know, God, you know, how, how can you use me? What can you do? And I felt the Lord say to me, uh, be specific with me. What is it that you want to do, Natalie? And I looked out my window as I had <laughs> for years past and was talking to the Lord in the office and I said, I would love to work for the literacy program and build into that ministry. And I told nobody about it. I think I might have told like my best friend um, just as an act of faith and, and to believe with me. And within a couple of weeks, um, my senior pastor and program founder came up to me and sat down with me after a church service and he said, Natalie, you know, we've been just thinking as a ministry team, you did so well on field in Mozambique and you have such a heart for the people. How would you like to come and be a part of the program? And I was just was wow. blown away that it was such a direct answer to prayer. So that yeah. really taught me a lot about, um, you know, when we're praying and asking God to move in our lives, that it's so important to be real with Him and honest because when we pray the prayer of faith, like it says in James 5, um, when it comes to pass, according to his will, we can see that God's hand is upon it and he gets the glory because human intervention couldn't have made it happen. And it's a miracle. So, um, yeah, so when it comes to prayer and faith, I'm really specific with the Lord now because even entering into the ministry was a complete miracle. It was an answer to prayer. Mm. I think, too, there's so many times that we pray for direction from God, especially when it comes to things like your career or your ministry or both. And it's so yeah. important to actually be taking some steps as well. Um, one analogy that my dad shared with me years ago was that a rudder can only move a ship if a ship is actually moving. And That's it's, right. <laughs> it's kind of the same with us. Like We need to be taking some steps so that God can then direct our steps. And that so, is so interesting, yes, yes, because uh, when I was thinking about whether or not I would say yes to that, would I? it's crazy to think that you could pray a prayer and then it, come to pass and then you sort of question it when it happens but that's human nature so yeah. do silly things Absolutely. but I remember when I was talking through uh, with people in ministry about what should I do should I leave because big step of faith to leave your full time work and go mm. into ministry you know with, with a form of income but different to what you had before it's a step of faith and that was the analogy they used they said it is easier for God to steer a moving ship than one that is sitting in the dock and so I think that's part of that engagement with the Lord is making a choice that we will start something and when your heart motivation is right and you really are seeking him and fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit that he's going to direct and guide you because he's so kind God is so kind so he's going to 
you know, direct your path, just as the word says, when we're really wanting to engage with his work. Mm. Yeah, and that's the thing. You had felt the waters a little bit in Mozambique. You you did go yeah. up there. You saw it for yourself, and God gave you that passion inside you. And uh, yeah. I guess maybe he was just waiting for you to pray that prayer to him, to say, all right, yeah. God, use me. And he goes, okay, I will. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so you, you got involved. What was your role initially with the literacy program? Cool. So I was in Australia for the first six months and I was learning the ropes of the ministry. So we're in an Australian office um, learning how to do the reporting, how the finances work and learning to basically lead a team of missionaries from Australia, um, you know, without speaking their language, some of them, some of our missionaries on field that run our classes for our literacy program on field um, don't speak English, they speak Portuguese. So I've had to kind of learn that as I go. That was a really interesting first six months push into the ministry. Um, and then after six months, I went over for three months on field and conducted a program audit, staff training. Um, we decided where we were placing the new classes for the year. Some of these classes that we plant in rural villages, like the world doesn't even know that they exist, but I do. <laughs> and so when I say to my guys, my missionaries, okay, we want to start 10 new classes in the next three months, I want you to walk 100 kilometres that way <laughs> and stop and then, you know, talk to the village there, tell them we have the program and we'll start a class there. And some of these villages, because there's no literacy, like we're deciding how to spell the village name and <laughs> we put it on our report. So um, it's quite an amazing thing. So while I was there, um, yeah, we basically, I learnt the ropes on field, took what I'd learnt in the administration office in Australia and applied it to the field and it was such a beautiful time. I got around on a motorbike. Um, so I had to learn how to ride that bike myself out on a back dirt road. <laughs> Actually, our team leader, one of my good friends, was supposed to teach me how to ride the bike before he left. And the day before he left, said, okay, Nat, jump on. I'm going to show you because I, I can't even drive a manual car. So oh, no. <laughs> I can ride a manual motorbike, but I had to learn. So he gave me one or two lessons and gave me a high five and said, okay, Nat, we'll see you in three months. And so um, just had to jump on and learn. And so I finally did and um, got around a motorbike for my classes, trained the staff. And um, on the very first night, actually, when I was driving back on that bike from the office, I actually got lost in the jungle <laughs> because I had left the office a little bit too late and, um, you know, one palm tree looks like the next palm tree and all of a sudden five <laughs> minutes later, the sun's going down oh, no. and going, Lord, did you send me over here to die on my first night in the jungle of yeah. Mozambique? And so I was traveling through this little village going, Lord, please help me get home. And um, God's so kind, he's teaching me to trust him the whole time. Of course, he didn't send me to die. And um, I remember pulling up at one stage, looking around and it's basically pitch black. I've got the the motor running of the bike and this dim light on peering into the jungle. And then this Mozambican woman walks out with a bowl of rice as if to say, what are you doing in the middle of my backyard? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I motioned to her something about, I'm looking for the main road. And then she just burst into laughter. <laughs> <laughs> and so I look and it was God's got such a funny sense of humor that I was concerned 
in the jungle at night, as you would be. Yeah. But I, he was just teaching me to trust him, and so she kind of told me to get off my bike and walked me to the main road, waved me off, and I finally got back to where I was staying. So just so funny. God has a, a great sense of humour, and, you know, I didn't die. Yeah, you're all <laughs> good. back six or seven times since, and Mozambique's a beautiful place to be. Just got to get out there and say yes. Sometimes it's inconvenient being a woman with our bad sense of direction. Oh, totally. Though. In the totally. jungles of Mozambique is a bad time to get lost. <laughs> <laughs> True, but I've had so much fun. You know, I believe, you know, this amazing um, women in the Bible that God used powerfully. Look at Deborah oh, and yeah. Esther and, you know, oh, Mary, Mother of, of Jesus. And women can do anything. You know, God loves to use women, so don't let that hold you back. Use wisdom. Yeah. I don't let it hold you back for sure. Oh, and he's given us unique um, abilities and um, totally. he, he's created us the way that we are for a reason and he wants yeah. to use us in many different ways for his purposes. Yeah, Absolutely. Some people might be sitting here listening and saying, well, why do they actually need a literacy program if they've survived for the last you know, however many hundred years without literacy? Why do they need what you're doing? Yeah, well... To start with, the literacy program is not just a humanitarian organisation. You know, we're not just there to give people, um, you know, one thing and not teach them how to do it. So mm. um, we primarily started um, the ministry just for that reason, was to actually reach out to the country of Mozambique. The word of the Lord that actually came to uh, the founders of the ministry was, go and prepare that nation for my return. And so when they got there, they started to, uh, you know, plant churches, hand out Bibles. And while they're in the villages trying to disciple people, they realized that the Bibles that people had in their hands um, were being either tossed aside or people were ripping out the pages to roll cigarettes. And they didn't, they didn't understand what they had in their hands. The greatest treasure the world has been given, which is the life-giving Word of God. And the reason why they didn't value it is because they couldn't do anything with it because they couldn't read. So for them, there was no value. They would sometimes carry it around just like a, a totem or some religious thing. But the primary reason of going to Mozambique was to make disciples and prepare that nation for the Lord's return. So they thought to themselves, all right, we'll sit down under this palm tree. Shall we teach them how to read in order to disciple these people properly? And there was a resounding yes from the group, and so they just started. And so the literacy program materials were birthed out of a desire to disciple the people. So as I said before, it is literacy, but literacy is the tool to teach people about the Lord, which is why we've woven the scriptures into the material. So from Genesis to Revelation, throughout the whole materials during that 18-month course, they get the whole gospel. You know, we're teaching them the scriptures so that by the time they've finished the course at the end, they've got a Bible, which we give to them on graduation. They can read it. They've already had 18 months of learning the scriptures by memory and mm. getting the Word of God in them but the literacy is so they can engage with God's Word and know Him. And so, yes, literacy is important for, you know, um, raising up people to be able to have better lives and better job opportunities, but primarily the program is a ministry to disciple people through literacy to get the Scriptures into their hands. 
our desire is to see as many people connect with what we're doing as possible so that we can continue the work in Mozambique and expand the work in Mozambique but also take it across the borders into other nations and into other continents as well. So um, you can connect with us on Facebook so you can just look up the Literacy Program or Read, Write, Engage. Natalie, you're doing an amazing thing over there and like you say, you're just a normal Australian girl uh, who put <laughs> yep. your hand up and said, okay, God, use me and uh, yeah. now he is using you in a big way. Thanks so much for telling your story this morning. Thanks so much. That was Shelley Scowen having a chat with Natalie Brennan, the program coordinator of the literacy program that has run deep in the jungles of Mozambique. And what a fantastic story of a young person putting their full trust in the Lord for his direction in their life. And wow, he has led her to one adventure after another while doing amazing work that is changing people's lives in both practical ways, like learning how to read, and in eternal ways by teaching them about God and the Bible. And as the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. And as we heard in Natalie's case, you will be abundantly blessed as well. For more information about the Literacy Program, you can look them up on Facebook. Just type in the Literacy Program. Well, thanks for joining us for Natalie's wonderful story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 